spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy. I gotta stop doing that. I'm Barry Marks and that's Susan Monday in for the boys, Gatos and Chad. Hope you're having an incredible Christmas week. My goodness, the week between Christmas and New Year's, where did the year go? Well, and if you're still stuck in an airport waiting for Southwest to get you somewhere, you're still wondering why the year is still going on. I uh, hope you're having a good Wednesday. Boy, it's amazing how time changes here, Susan. We've got, we go from sunny and beautiful, and now it's pouring rain and cold. I don't know. I'm what okay happened. with it, though. You like yeah, it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I like it, but I, I'm, I'm okay. You're I can ba- deal with a cloudy, rainy day. You're a back east person. You're, you like this stuff. This is what it, <laughs> you're used to this stuff, right? That's a, I am used to it. That's yes. the difference right there. Uh, breaking news, uh, just so you have that, the uh, and we'll have that more for you on KTAR News. Uh, here at the next break, uh, but uh, the United States has announced that they are requiring a negative COVID test for anyone arriving from China. So uh, if you think it's uh, becoming 2023, you're wrong. It feels a little more like 2020. So we're going back mm-hmm. in time. But uh, China is fascinating. They did that no COVID policy where everybody, they just locked everybody in their houses right. and they were they had low levels of COVID, but they finally gave that up because of the protests and things. And now COVID is rampant throughout China because nobody had it. Not enough people had it. So uh, in any case, U.S. saying anybody coming in from China has to show a negative COVID test. So we All don't right. bring we don't bring more of it in here. Um, we're going to get to the Southwest stuff here in a little bit, but uh, Carrie Lake, uh, Susan, just not, not her again. Just not <laughs> just not letting it go. <laughs> just not letting it go. But she's uh, so she lost. She lost. The, let's, let's go. Let's run down. Oh, we got to repeat this. Now? Got, let's run down the losses. She's lost the election. Right? We lost the election. Seventeen thousand yeah. votes. Yeah. Uh, as she filed a lawsuit, uh, eight of the ten counts of the lawsuit dismissed. That was a big loss. She uh, she, she they went to trial on the other two on counts. On the other two, and she had no evidence. Lost. Lost that one, too. Uh, now she's filed an appeal. Um, so, yes. So she's appealed everything. So she's appealed all the judge's rulings on the motion to dismiss eight of the claims uh, on the trial where the other two claims were were, were, were uh, they found for the defendants. And also the judge, uh, you know, we talked about this briefly yesterday. The judge did not award sanctions uh, against Carrie Lake for the defendants. However, uh, the judge did require Carrie Lake to pay, in essence, the expenses, not the legal fees, but the expenses of the defendants. And those included their expert fees and also the inspection fees because they wanted to Carrie Lake wanted to look at ballots. Mm-hmm. So $33,000 in cost that she has to pay, she's appealed that too. So a lot of appeals. Yeah, yesterday she was speaking with Steve Ma- uh, Bannon on the war room. Do we have that audio? Yeah, we've got it here. So All she, right, let's she hear was, what she had to say. She went on Steve Bannon. She was, she was very conciliatory. She was very, uh, I don't know I don't know why I keep, no, she wasn't doing that. <laughs> she, was, she was not doing that. I was wrong. You're looking at me like, what? She didn't say that. That's not what she said. Uh, it was almost like that though. Standing up for the people of this state, the people who were done wrong on election day, and the millions of people who live outside of Maricopa County, whose vote was watered down by this bogus election in Maricopa County. The people of Arizona want me to stand up for them. Yeah, they really don't. Uh, so it's... Uh, <laughs> That's what some of them do. Come on now. <laughs> it's, it's maybe six. It's the six who keep yelling at me on Twitter. But otherwise, uh, yeah, she's... she's. Uh, I got to tell you, it, it, she just keeps saying, I'm fighting for you, and people keep sending her money. I guess well, that's... Here, Susan, I'm fighting for you, by the way. I want you to know that I'm fighting for you. You're fighting for me? Here's the website where you can go make a donation. I just want to... <laughs> I'm fighting for you. Listen to this. Uh, I think this was, was really interesting, what she told Bannon, that... Pro- 
prior to filing, she, she said her team was unable to present all of their evidence in the shortened window of the trial. And that's why she's going to appeal. Yeah. Well, so did, did, you got five hours, right? <laughs> Aren't you going to get put your best stuff in that five hours? You, you would think so. I mean, here's more Carrie Lake. And, and keep in mind, this is what she does. She doesn't come on with us. She doesn't come on local TV. She doesn't go on anything local. She goes on the Steve Bannon War Room podcast or whatever it's called. It's It just plays to the same audience. The trial came on so quickly and we only had two days to prove our case. Only had two days? That was a lot of days. They had no evidence. How many days do they think they needed to put on no evidence, Susan? I'm curious. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you can stretch it out. I mean, I'm a trial lawyer. I can stretch it out if I need to. You know, but- the, the thing that kills me, she said she had a smoking gun. Wouldn't that be the first thing yeah. you'd present? Yeah, no smoking gun. There was, there was no gun. There was no smoking. Uh, there, was, there was just nothing. There, there was, uh, there's no other way to say it. We had hundreds, we had, we had a thousand documents for the judge to go over, hundreds of pages for him to look through. <laughs> oh, I love this stuff. Yeah. So here's what happened. She lost. She had every, this, I don't want to keep talking about this, but she had every opportunity <laughs> at this trial to put on all of her evidence. As you said, whatever the smoking gun evidence was. That Get she the told, good stuff re- out first. Bring, release, or do you save the good stuff for the last? Release the Kraken right away. Get it out there. She had, she had every piece of evidence that she wanted to, the judge to see, the judge saw. Thousand documents, the expert, every expert witness she had was allowed to testify. Every regular witness she had was allowed to testify. There wasn't one person, not one witness, not one expert, not one document that she wanted the judge to see to help decide this case that was not seen, reviewed, and considered by the judge. Not one. So all of her evidence was there. It wasn't enough. It just, there's not, there's not, because there doesn't exist. When you're claiming there is a conspiracy, when your entire lawsuit is, I lost because they're all out to get me and they did illegal things to make sure I won, I lost. That's her claim. When that's your claim, which is not true, you can't prove it. You can't prove something that's not true. Well, how could she have proven anything related to the printers unless she had access to She had to to show, she had to show the way, this is Arizona law says this. This isn't me saying it, it's not the judge saying it. I'm playing the devil's advocate here. No, absolutely. Arizona law says in any election contest, there's a presumption that the election was run properly. Or, and run squarely, and, and it's fine. That's the presumption. And you have to show that it wasn't. And what happened here, look, the printer thing was a mess. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you it wasn't. It, it's ridiculous. that they, the, they had this great setup. You could print your ballot. You go anywhere you want. You don't have to go to your precinct. You can go to a vote center all around the county. And so I, so if I live in, uh, in Tempe and I want to vote in my, by my office in Glendale, I can do that. It is great. And they print your ballot right there so you can vote anywhere. It's your personal ballot. And what happened was there was something wrong with the printer. It wasn't printing dark enough or he, Right. He, I don't know. And and they couldn't tabulate your vote at the vote center, which is a bonus that Maricopa County put in. Because most counties in Arizona, you don't count the vote at where you – you don't count the ballot, tabulate the ballot at the precinct or at the vote center. The majority of counties in Arizona, they take the, your ballot back, they put it in a box, and they take it back to an election center, and they count it later. That's how it so works. So there's immediacy there. Yeah, so, so I and understand. Immediate proof. I, and I understand folks who, who wanted to see their own ballot yes. go through. I get that. But the fact is, the evidence is, and her own experts said this, every ballot was counted. So even if it wasn't counted at the, at the vote center, even if it was the wrong size or whatever, Every ballot was counted. And you want to know how I know that? Because her experts, her witnesses said so. Mm-hmm. Not not the counties. The county said it too. But her people said that. There's no question. It's undisputed that everybody who voted, everybody who submitted a ballot that was legitimate, 
their vote was counted. But what if people felt disgusted and walked away? Yeah, I feel dis- you can't I, prove that. I feel disgusted all the time. That doesn't mean my vote wasn't counted. Right. Well, I mean, if they it, walked away, it wasn't counted. It, it, well, if, why would you walk away? If you walk away, that's on you. If I go to a vote center and I don't want to stand in a line, that's on me. It's not on. There's no guarantee. This isn't Domino's Pizza of voting. You show up and you. And by the way, you could have voted by mail 27 days before the election. You could have voted early at a polling center any day prior to the election. I mean, there's so many opportunities in Arizona to vote to make this easy. And even on election day, even if you got to a polling place on election day where there was a line and you don't want to wait in line, you go on the app, Maricopa Vote, and there's there's 223 vote centers. They're like every few miles. If you wanted to go it's, to that trouble. It's, it, trouble, you drive three miles. If you don't want to stay, look, I don't like standing in line. I hate lines. If you told me it's an hour wait here or I could drive four miles here and there's no wait, I'll drive the four miles. I'll do that Bless right now. You. Well, it, look, okay, but if you don't want to do that, that's then, on you. Well, then you I stand in line. Okay. But my point is, there but, were so many options. So many options. Do you think that an, a, a month, which is about all they had to prepare, this is enough time to prepare your case? Oh yeah. Okay. Are you seriously? I'm just playing devil's advocate. Well, should we just stop the, should we not be putting our new, the people who were actually elected, should we not put them in office? Should the state just come to a halt? <laughs> should we tell Doug Ducey, Doug, I know you're done after eight years. We need you, you to hang out. You got to hang out for another eight months <laughs> while we run this through the court. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. And that's why the statutes are written the way they are. So when she way, says she didn't have enough time to present her evidence, you think that's bogus. It's something a loser says. It's, some, <laughs> it's something a loser says. You don't, you don't say my, I don't have any evidence and that's why I lost. You say, I didn't, I didn't have enough time. It, right. It's it's like the kid at, at, at you go to hand in you go to you go to take your test and the kid shows up 15 minutes late for the test and and doesn't do well in tests. And the parents are like, what happened? Why did you fail this test? The teacher didn't give me enough time. It's like, yeah. well, okay. why, did, why, right. did, why did you study ahead of time? Why did not you get a good night's sleep before? Why did not you set your alarm and make sure you got there on time? I mean, it's not it's not the teacher's fault. You failed the test. It's your fault. And that's what we're talking All right, about. So here. the bottom line is she's she taking taking it to an appeal <laughs> and you feel she'll lose again. Uh, oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> All right. She can't get enough losing. Susan, you can't you can't have enough losing. I would feel honestly, uh, the the judge cut her a break and not making nice. her pay all that extra yeah. money. I think if she goes through with this, that yeah. he ought to stick it to her. Well, honestly, I don't know if she can. But the one thing would be if the court somehow reverses on the on the cost of award and says, yeah, go ahead and award fees too. That would be funny. All right, coming up. By the way, that's Susan Monday. I'm Barry Marks, <laughs> and we're in for the boys. Are we done with Carrie Lake we, now? Yeah, eh, we'll <laughs> see. Um, you can. Uh, we got Becky Lynn standing by. She's going to give us an update on uh, on the news, and then when we get back, this is always interesting to me. Teenagers, their body clock, and I didn't believe this when my kids became teenagers, but they sleep later, right? They go from waking up at 6 a.m. to wanting to wake up at 11 a.m. It's a crazy thing. Oh, okay. yeah. It's true. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a physiological thing with kids, yeah. like teenagers. And uh, But we don't move our school times around. Schools still start really early. There's another push now. Should high school start later so that kids can get enough sleep? We'll talk about it next. It's KTAR. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, afternoons. All right, welcome back. I'm Barry Marks and Susan Monday. We're here for the boys. Uh, it's that week between Christmas and New Year's where Gatos and Chad, you know, they hang out together. They cuddle a little bit, maybe uh, maybe go off after lunch and dinners. It's very nice. It's a it's a bonding experience, right, Becky Lynn? Isn't that what they do? It's, it's a bonding. A bo- yes. Is that, I, <laughs> sure. Like super glue. I keep trying to get invited to one of their bonding experiences. They just keep shaking their head. They don't say anything. They just look at me and shake their head. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. All right, uh, Susan Monday is here with us. And, uh, and Susan, th- this is an interesting story to me. I know you're a former teacher. Yes. 
Yes, I am. And uh, so this has been going on for a long time. But and I didn't used to believe this, but I've seen it in action now because I have teenage. I had teenagers. It's true. Teenagers, the body clock physiologically something changes, right? Like when my kids were young, they woke up at like by six a.m. They were up well, every babies, day. Babies, yeah. Everyone, babies, you but even young kids, they were up every day. It's like you're, te- you're telling them stay in bed, don't wake me, stop waking me up no, every day, and then all of a sudden, like a like a light switch. Puberty. It's, it's, it's called switched. puberty. Is that what it's called? I think it's puberty, so. the hair and the... And the yeah, the, all that. Oh, it's disgusting. So, they, <laughs> no, but, they, but they suddenly start sleeping in. It's like, what happened? And they sleep in. It's They can sleep in a long time. And 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning. And we don't let them get past that in our house because my wife and wow. I, my wife can't take it. She, my, my wife likes waking people up. That's her thing. Oh, my father was like that. Oh, my goodness. Hated so, that. But what I found out is it's it's a real thing. Physiologically... Teenagers, the body clock changes. They, they, their body is telling them to go to bed later and wake up later. It's just how it works. But our high schools are, are still set up. To that. Yeah, I mean, my kids had to be in high school. I think they were there by seven thirty in the morning. And it's it's so what you end up with is there's a lot of kids who go to sleep later and then are waking up earlier than they than their natural rhythm would have them wake up, and they're not getting the sleep they should get. Mm-hmm. So the question is, should high schools start later? Well, uh, I when I was in high school, I was in an, in an area in New Jersey that had really expanded quickly, and we were on split sessions, oh. and I was in the morning, and so I was going to school at 6 o'clock. It was oh. always, always dark, so you're not going to really get a lot of yeah. uh, empathy from me on that. However, wow. I'm okay with the schools starting later. I am, if uh, you've, you've made a case for it, yeah. but what's going to happen? happen at the other end of the day. That's what I need to know. Well, and that's exactly the problem, is that all those extracurricular activities that high school kids do, so the, the athletic teams where they have practice, they have uh, practice, uh, the drama and theater where they do rehearsals, the, the student clubs, all the everything happens after school, and you have to have some time after that to go home and have dinner and to study and be ready for the next day. So that, that becomes the question. So right now, if school goes 7.30 to 2.30, and then you have a couple of hours for after, you know, two and a half hours for after mm-hmm. school activities, now you're home at five, you get a little homework done, you have some dinner, you get a little more homework done, you go to bed, hopefully. But what happens if you push back? Now it's 4.30. Now practice is 4.30 to 7. Now it's you're pushing everything back. It doesn't work. And here's the thing that I worry about, because I've seen so many school systems chip away at the five-day uh, oh, school yeah. week. And so, because they can't get to Teachers, you know, it's sort of an incentive to get teachers to come to work. You only have to work four days a week. I can honestly see them starting later, but then ending at the same time. And that con- that greatly concerns me yeah. because one of the complaints in here, and I've, I've heard it before, well, well, you know, what, you know, if our little kids get out at, at such and such a time and our big kid gets yeah. out, it's, well, who's going to take care of the, he's the yeah. little kid. And then, you know, all, the whole thing about childcare. And so, um, well, that's another thing people want to, you know, they, they don't want to leave their kid home alone. They got to get into school and they don't want to have to be late for work. It's a whole thing. Well, the bottom line is, if you want to do what's right for the kid, then you should do it. And then parents have to deal with the aftermath. I generally want to do what's right for the parents. I think that's the most important <laughs> thing. But I, no, I hear you're right. It's, a, it's an interesting. They always say we have to do what's right for the kid, but they don't. <laughs> they, they don't act that way. No, it's, it is. It is. It's a. It's an interesting balance, and you have to find that balance. I do think even pushing it back an hour, find a compromise, push it back forty five minutes. If you give the kids that much more sleep, I think it's a good thing. I think it's important. There should be a way to balance that a little bit with a difficult schedule at the end of the day. 
Um, but there's no there's no question about it. The studies, the medical studies, and and again, just from my anecdotal having two boys yeah. uh, who are teenagers, there's no question. It, it's true. Well, Kids, so how, were they in extracurricular activities? Yes. Okay. Yes, so they're, how, they're exceptional boys. I'm sure they are. <laughs> so let's just hypothesize on this. They go to school at eight thirty. Yeah. When were the seven thirty? Okay. Oh, if we move it back yeah. an hour. And so you have to add an hour on the end of the day. Yeah. So now it's 3.30, right? Yeah. yeah. So then they, you know, so football what's the practice. big deal? So football practice goes Is in the Is it going to mess up with your dinner hour? Well, Can you move your dinner later, Barry? Yeah. Come on now. No, that's, well, no, that won't See, that's what I'm saying. But you know, the funny thing is they do stuff in the morning too, right? Football practice can be in the morning. The band gets there at five o'clock in the morning. They don't, they, the, the point is we don't really focus on sleep for our teenagers at all. And yet medical people will tell you how important it is. I agree. I and, think sleep is very and, important. And that's the important discussion that we should be having, that school districts should be having and parents should be having. But often, as you pointed out, it's for the parents. It's often more about the convenience of the parents. That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly how it works. All right. That's Susan Monday over there. She informs me that on every topic, she's right. Uh, I'm Barry Markson. <laughs> you have to have some pushback. I know. It's good. Oh, Becky Lynn is standing by. Uh, she also is not allowed to go to the Gatos and Chad uh, retreat weeks. Uh, between I, too, am always right. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be a long day today, I can tell. <laughs> Two uh, against one. Becky, <laughs> Becky Lynn's going to tell us what's going on in the world. And when we get back, our own Kirsten Cinema, 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 Cinema. Cinema, uh, now an independent. She is uh, spearheading uh, Field trip. bipartisan uh, border trip. She wants to get people down and there. And I have an idea for her. All right. And she wants bipartisan uh, uh, immigration reform. So we're going to talk about that on the other side. Also give you an update on what's happening with Title 42. I'm Barry Marks and Susan Monday. We're here for the boys. Uh, it's KTAR. The Arizona- Arizona's news station. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. A mashup of news, information, and entertainment. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm Barry Markson with Susan Monday. We are sitting in for Gatos and Chad. Thanks for joining us. And, Susan, this is interesting. Uh, our own Senator Kirsten Sinema, uh, we've been talking about this, uh, people going down to the border, not going to the border. She wants to go to the border. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And she wants, she wants to take people with her. But I think she, you know, the, she says the people who are willing, I think she needs to take the unwilling ones. Yeah. No, no, I, <laughs> I, mean, I really mean ho- that. Kind of hog time and throw in the yeah, back of the truck. Yeah, I do. I, I think all <laughs> of the senators from states that have sanctuary cities, it should be mandatory that they go down. Because they don't have a clue. Well, I personally don't even have a clue. Well, what do you think they'll see uh, being there in person as opposed to hear, hearing about it or getting a briefing about it? I, I think they will see the masses of people, yeah. the filth. Um, I, I think they will see why some of these governors have shipped some of these people to other states because they can't accommodate them. The housing there, I, I can only imagine what it's like. Yeah, look, it, it's uh, I, I'm sometimes I think these sorts of trips are, show trips. They're there so the media can see you and, and be down there. But I do think there's some value, because we've seen pictures of this. We've seen video on the news of it. We know how the people coming in. But I do think I don't think value. pictures are enough. Just like, yeah. you've seen pictures of what happened in Buffalo. That's different than actually being well, in Buffalo. <laughs> that's true. I'm not going to Buffalo either. You're going to have to tie me up <laughs> no and throw me in the back there. of the truck. Uh, but the, the important thing here is uh, that Kirsten Cinema is doing something. Yes. And, and it's not just taking a trip to the border. She wants to take the trip to the border as a precursor 
her uh, for bipartisan immigration reform. I think it's a great thing. And she was working on that already with Republican Tom Tillis yep. and, and others. They had a plan in place and they were trying to attract Republicans to it as well. And they ran out of time last year in 2020 mm-hmm. or this year, 2022. Uh, but she says they're going to do that again. They're going to start the new year with that. And I think this is kind of the kickoff for that. It's kind of like the PTA. You know, I, when I was a teacher, the parents of the good kids were the ones that showed up, right? They're the ones that showed. That's not the ones I really needed to see. I wanted to see the parents of the not so good kids. Right. And I really feel, I don't know who would go on this field trip to the border, but probably people who are genuinely interested in fixing the problem. I don't think yeah. everybody is genuinely interested no, in agree. fixing the problem. And I, those are the people that need to go. Yeah, but they're not, those folks aren't going to, they're, they're likely not going to change their mind anyway. But what you do need are the folks who are at least open to the idea of compromise, of bipartisan working right, so with, Joe Manchin will well, go. Okay, great. Well, Joe should go, and there's there's plenty. Look, they're going to get plenty of Democrats. Joe doesn't even need to go. It's other people. Okay. Well, who who do you want to go? <laughs> you're well, very, you're very all, fired like, up. <laughs> I would like the president to go. Well, he should go. I agree. I don't know why he hasn't been there. I would like the governor of Delaware to go. But, they sent some. They sent some people to Delaware, and you know that put them all in a tizzy when that happened. Okay. I think the governor of New York should go. Okay. But yeah. the, but again, none of those are going to do the bipartisan. You just want people to see it <laughs> so they understand it better. I, what I'm looking for is actual solutions. I want Congress, uh, for the first time in decades, to have bipartisan immigration reform. And the plan that Cinema had put forward with Tillis had things in there like an increased amount of border walls and security, mm-hmm. uh, increased technology on the border, increased border agents there so that we can get a better handle, better control on our border. And at the same time, uh, a compromise with that, uh, some legislation to legalize the dreamers, the young people that were yeah. brought here illegally. Uh, there was a pathway for to citizenship for them in there. I don't was, know why that it, hasn't happened. It was a 10-year path. Well, because people are holding it back as, as bargaining chips. But it's it's what you said, as I think is right. Um, neither side, there's many people on, on, on both sides who don't want to do anything because they'd much rather use it as a cudgel to hit the other side mm-hmm. over the head with it, to raise money, to get more clicks, to get their voters worked up. They'd rather do that than try to fix it. And it's what Kirsten Cinema is proposing here isn't going to fix the whole problem, but it takes care of at least a big part of it. And it's a step in the right direction. And the only way we get this country better is if we start to have bipartisan uh, congressional movement to get to solve help solve our problems. Mm-hmm. There's issues that have to be addressed. I'm glad she's doing something. No, I am, too. Um, can we talk a little bit about what happened yesterday with Title 42? Because sure. uh, now there's some time, you know, not not a lot of time. Yeah. But there is uh, what happened yesterday. The Supreme Court g- gave more time to keep this. Title 42 in place. Yeah. But that's not enough time, but it's still something. Well, it'll, it'll keep Title 42 in place at least until, well, is it February? February or March, or, yeah, yeah, it'll be after that when the decision comes down. Um, and the important thing with Title 42 to remember, people keep forgetting, it doesn't address illegal immigration. It doesn't address people who are swarming across the border right. coming into the country illegally. It, it's literally addressing people who come to the United States to our border pursuant to our laws and apply for asylum. And the question is, what do we do with those people? When you come from another country and you're applying to be to, to come into the United States under our asylum laws, do we let you in until we can adjudicate your case and make a decision, or do we keep you out? The law says we're supposed to we let you in. That's what the law says. Again, this goes to comprehensive comprehensive immigration reform. This should be addressed. There should be things like increasing the number of immigration courts, perhaps giving additional authority to particular people at the border so decisions can be made on a faster basis, mm-hmm. changing the law that in order to apply, you, you don't apply at our border. You apply in your home country at our embassy. There, there are all sorts of things mm-hmm. that can be put in place here, but the law has to change. 
And the law can't change one side or the other. It has to be both parties working together to try to fix these issues. The, the fixes, some of them aren't that hard, but they right. don't. But there's just too many of them that don't want to do it. I was okay with, during the Trump administration, that they sent them kind of like in a holding area back to Mexico. They weren't sending them back to war-torn Nicaragua or whatever, uh, Venezuela. They weren't. They were yeah. sending them just right over the border to Mexico. Right. Well, why would Mexico? I mean, I, Mexico did that, but why would they keep two and a half million people? Why would they keep doing that? I mean, that costs. Well, right. I don't know. Because I mean, you know, we'll build more car plants two, down there. Two, I don't know. Create think, more jobs. Think right? about how many people that is. That's two, why they would do it. Two Make and a half million people. It's incredible. It's well, a lot right. of people. Well, well, why would we continue to do it? Well, because it's our law. All we have to do is say we don't let you in. We can change the law. We can change the law to say you don't apply for asylum here at our border. You apply for asylum in your home country. And if you come here to our border, we're only going to send you back. Well, that seems like a, a simple fix. As long as it's a realistic. Now, you have to beef up the embassy staff. You have to be prepared to take that number of people there. It, there there's issues. You have to work it out. But that's that, that would be a good fix. It I, is. I don't know why they don't do that. But I like it. There's probably reasons why they don't do it. But it, <laughs> my point is there should be. Because it's too easy. There should though. be a discussion between at Congress. Uh, they should discuss it and come up with a way. Because when these laws were put in place, we didn't have millions of people coming here trying to, to get, uh, get asylum. That wasn't an issue. So the laws didn't think about that. But it's an issue now. Mm -hmm. But we can't get either side to work well, together. Well, my, my hope is that this is not a dog and pony show. Like, they just don't see all these beautiful facilities, and it's just, you know, a yeah. wonderful little trip, uh, a photo op. No, that's not what I want them to see. Well, I'm, I agree with you. And Cinema, to her credit, uh, at least has been somebody who's been critical of the Biden administration. She's been speaking out against this. Not She wasn't running for re-election this year, so she's she's been speaking out about it for quite a while. And I'm hopeful that she's going to really show them what the border looks like. What it really looks and the issues that they're dealing yeah. with and, and hope it creates some change. All right, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your pets. Everybody loves their pets. Um, and or do a, they? The disturb well, they well. do, but they just it's, not might not be able to afford them they're, anymore. They're like kids now. It's like, I like my kids. I'm not that fond of everybody else's kids. But anyway, with the pets, right, Is it is has COVID and the pandemic and inflation, has that made it impossible for some people to keep their pets? We'll talk about it next. That's Susan Monday. I'm Barry Markson, in for Gatos and Chad on KTAR. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state, the Gatos and Chad Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Marks and Susan Monday, and uh, thanks for joining us today. This uh, I didn't like this story very much, uh, Susan. You didn't? No, I didn't like it. It's, uh, it's uh, it, you know, look, you have your pets, you should take care of your pets. It's, uh, it, it always... Um, you, know, you people, can't. You mean you can't return them? Like, well, but people do return their pets, yeah, right? They Even they adopt pets, they return them. And I and part of me gets it. Uh, you know, I had a story. Uh, not a story. I had a thing happen. To a friend of mine uh, was a bit. Um, she fostered dogs, and she's a big animal rights person. And she brought in this dog. It was a uh, a, a pit bull dog, and it was uh, just not pleasant. Maybe it wasn't a pit bull. I don't know. It was a nasty dog. Mm -hmm. And I'd go over there, and it would bite people. Like not like it just like not good. Like bite your leg or mm -hmm. bite your. If you kept my hands at my side, it would bite my mm -hmm. fingers, and not like a playful way. So I'd walk in and have to put my hands up over my head. It was a whole thing. And they fostered the dog. And um, at one point, the dog had to have surgery. They paid up money to have the dog, let the dog have surgery. And then they finally found someone to adopt the dog. And the people adopted the dog. And I was like, holy moly, that's the greatest thing ever. And then like a month later, the dog's back. And I'm, I said, what happened? They said they returned the dog. The and dog I said, was a problem. I said, in this instance, I actually understand it. The dog bites people. You can't have that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, at some point, you got to say, 
Do you put the dog down? Like, what do you do? I don't know what you do. Sure. But this, but this is sad. Today. So, so do you have pets? I do. I, we have a we have a dog, Max. He's the he's the best. Okay, he's the best. He's the best. You dog spend ever. a lot of money on him. Uh, you know, not we, not too much really. He's he's. Do you treat him healthy. like a dog, or is he a family member? Well, he's a. a um, is he sleeping in your bed? No, the only okay. people that sleep in my bed are me and occasionally my wife. But that's it. No, my my wife. No, we don't. We don't. Nobody sleeps else sleeps in the bed. Okay, I'm getting kind of personal here, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody has their pet sleeping in no. bed with them. I don't like that. My dog is like 75 pounds. There's no way that dog is getting in bed with me. Oh, 75-pound dogs sleep in people's bed. I know, I know. I, I don't like that. Well, it is, it is kind of a sad story. Um, yeah. During the pandemic, a lot of people were lonely, so they adopted pets, right? And now the pandemic is over, right? and now inflation has kicked in. And they're not lonely and, anymore. And they, well, I don't know about that, but inflation has kicked in, and having a pet is kind of expensive. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know the people. It is. And when you're when it you were expensive. working at home and you didn't have a lot of expenses during the pandemic, you probably had a lot of extra expendable income to spend on your pet, that and now you be. don't. I, you know what? You you asked me earlier if, if he's expensive. He is. You want to hear? He is an awful story. So we used to give him uh, the dry dog food. They called kibble. I guess I didn't mm-hmm. even know that. We oh, would, now what? I would literally buy the big bag at Costco, like the big, we, the different flavors, but the mm-hmm. yellow bag. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he he had to go get. Uh, he had some teeth work done. We had to. Now I think about. It. We, he's expensive to have him. Now that I think about it. And he, right, and he the, the, the so, vet bills. So when he had some teeth work done, we they said, hey, you got to feed him soft food now for a little while. So we we went and got him some. They gave us some canned food. It looked disgusting. We're like, oh my goodness, he didn't like it. So we went out and tried some of that fresh dog food. Have you seen this now? You have yeah. To, you have to keep it in the refrigerator for goodness <laughs> sake. So we tried that. And our dog for the longest time for years, we gave him that dry kibble, and he would he was never the kind of dog who would go eat right away. You know, how dogs like you put the food down and they eat it like. Yeah. I haven't eaten in five days. Our dog would, he'd go over, he'd have a little bit, he'd have a little later, he'd eat when he was hungry. And we were always like, all right, he's like a great guy, he's not gonna lose, he's not gonna gain weight, he eats when he wants to eat. We gave him that fresh dog food out of the refrigerator, mm-hmm. he scarfed it down like he'd never eaten uh, before. Now, give me an idea how much that so, stuff costs. So now we, that's all we give him now. Yeah. And it's, oh my goodness. And, and <laughs> it's more one, than your food. We, we felt, oh, it's way more than my food. So <laughs> we, so we get it at Costco, thank goodness they have it there. So it's a stuff, it, it costs half at Costco what it costs us to buy it in a store, a normal store. Okay. And I think it costs 16 dollars uh this is it's, it's like 16 or 17 dollars and it and it and it's for uh it's for eight meals so it's four days so it's basically costing us four or five bucks a day to feed as it. opposed to the kibble which was, the kibble was like, like 50 cents a day it was, it was like 40 dollars for this bag so that you, would last you, you're forever. never going back to kibble what's the dog's name max max is never going back to no kibble. he's not we tried to mix it in we're like let's oh, mix it a little to in. like to kind or, of expand well, i said maybe one meal he gets the dry <laughs> stuff he's having none of it he has none of it and now we tried to we even tried to give him some different fresh food not that was less expensive but just different. He's you mean like, like ground beef or something? No, no, like more fresh dog food. But he's he very particular now. He likes, oh, he, he just likes a certain brand. He likes, well, what, <laughs> likes what he likes. He's uh, he's he's like his dad. All right, so that's <laughs> that's a big expense. Yeah, that and is you're not big... you're not you're okay with doing that because you can yeah. afford to do it. But... We, yeah, we can afford to do it. And, and actually, we had so much guilt for the years that he that you, ate, oh, he ate all the dry food he didn't like. It's like well, we felt awful. So now we so now, now we get him, now we give him the fresh food. So and he loves it because we have to like cut it up. 
up for him. It's like a whole thing. He loves the whole process now. We bring like white tablecloth service now. It's, it's really nice. We see if he likes the wine first. It's incredible. I look at my wife. I'm like, I'm eating. I'm like literally picking up Chipotle on the way home. And then I have to come home and make my dog dinner. Like okay. what is going on here? All Something's right. not right. So you can kind of understand why people might be giving up their pets because they can't afford it. I can. I can. I still don't understand it. If you have a pet, it's your responsibility. Like a kid. You don't get rid of the pet. Mm-hmm. Don't understand it. I don't have sympathy for that. Inflation. I don't like it. All right. That's Susan Monday. I'm Barry Marks. And uh, stay tuned. Becky Lynn is here. She's going to have an update in the KTR News Center. And then on the other side, you may have heard of this, uh, Southwest Airlines, they're having some problems. You may have heard. And uh, my goodness, our congressmen are weighing in. We'll give you the local Arizona angle next. It's KTAR.